0% finance, 100% confidence. With a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hartz Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low-age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all-electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at $12.99 per month. Visit lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. Frankie Latore and Dylan Brown McMonagall. So, some very exciting stuff to talk about with Kevin. We'll be talking about the senior and intermediate hurling from Kilkenny over the weekend. But first, we're going to start with Komogi, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Anya Fahi. Anya, good evening. How are you? I'm very good, and yourself? Ah, sure, Grant. Can't complain. Good weekend overall. So, uh, looking forward to next weekend's games now already. Yeah, there was a, you know, the weekend's games, I suppose, there was no real shocks really in in the results unless I'm, I'm missing it. I thought Wine Gap and Liz Downey would be very tight and it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly was, I suppose. Like, as of all the games uh, over the weekend, it probably was going to be the hardest game to call. Um, you know, especially fresh for Liz Downey having to go down to Wine Gap there. You know, it's not an easy venue to come out with a victory and to get that one-time victory really set them up and put them in a, in a good position. And You know, they're the ones that are going to progress and go forward to a quarter final now. Um, you know, I suppose for Liz Downey, St. Lacton's, Lydia Fitz, was just instrumental. She scored an absolute incredible point from the sideline, and I think just from there, just drove drove the team on. Um, Eva Carl was a constant threat in on full forward. You know, Denise Gall and Claire Feeling really kind of um, you know matched each other out really, and you know there was a few tussles and a few tackles there. But you know, great to see. But it definitely was, I suppose, the game of the weekend. You know, finishing in such a tight affair. So uh, congratulations to Liz Downey, St. Lacton's. They march on to a quarter final and have to face. Um, into Dixburn uh, this weekend and the the second game I want to talk to you about from the weekend was Pilltown against St Martins uh, a big win for Pilltown in that yeah a huge win for Pilltown I suppose for a neutral spectator it definitely wasn't a, surpri- a surprise anyway you know Pilltown have always kind of um, set a standard for themselves where they would deem themselves to be definitely within the top two three teams in the county at senior level um, you know I suppose for themselves in the league so far this year they were in the group that only had three three teams in it themselves Thomastown and Freshford Liz Downey and you know they were probably looking at Thomastown being their toughest opponent which I suppose every team in the county is going to be finding at this stage and you know they're just delighted I suppose to get out with that win there against uh, St. Martins St. Martins they probably did struggle in the league, um, but they seemed to come to form last weekend, getting a great result against Clara. It was a draw match. And, you know, unfortunately for themselves, yeah, they are out of the championship now. But I think, you know, the fact that they were able to run St. Martin's quite close, you know, considering up to the last maybe couple of minutes, it was a tight affair. They'll be happy enough with their performance. They've had a really, really good weekend in Camogie in general. They won the Junior C Camogie match on Saturday. It went extra time. Stacey Kirk popping up to get the, the winning score there. And of course, the majority of those girls were playing in the football final on uh, the Friday evening where they came out victors against Thompson. So overall, a, a good weekend for Muckley, but I suppose they will probably be disappointed that they're not going to progress onto the senior um, quarterfinals as well. 
And then the final game, uh, Tullerone had a big win over Connie. And again, I suppose neither of these teams are progressing either. Uh, well, Tullerone are going on to the quarter final, so we're playing uh, Thomastown this weekend. So that's going to be a major, major battle there. But you know, it's Thomastown are probably you know hotly fancied at this stage. Um, I suppose for Connie on the other side of it, it's their first year of senior. They've an awful lot of young players coming through the mix there, and they're probably using this year to kind of get to know where they are when it comes to senior standards. And you know, they're going to want to progress over the next couple of years. And I suppose this year was all about kind of learning, learning what's really involved at senior. I think that particular match at the weekend kind of showed the standard that there is and the difference that there is between senior and intermediate. And, you know, it's not that easy to kind of come up and think that you're going to, um, you know, compete at the the top from senior after coming straight through from intermediate. There is a massive gap there. Um, But, you know, by all accounts, like, thankfully there's no relegation and that's probably the way that Connie would be looking at it that you know they survived their first year as senior but they still have got uh, they've last year's Leinster championship to be looking forward to still so you know they're after getting really good four or five games at senior level and you know that'll probably stand to them when it comes into the Leinster championship for last year anyway and, and looking ahead to the quarterfinals now obviously the first pairing you've given me is Tullerone and, and, and Thomastown um, mm-hmm. it'd be a big ask for Tullerone in that yeah, you know, it's really like suppose, being involved with Tullerone myself, like, it, you know, it is. It's obviously going to be a huge task. You're going up against, you know, last year's county champions and definitely, by all means, the team that have kind of lit the, lit the championship the light so far this year. Kind of the team that I think everybody expects that they need to get up to a certain standard. It's going to be a very tough task for us and we're all well aware of that. But, you know, on the other side of that, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best and you have to be competing against the best. And, you know, we'd be kind of looking that we have nothing to lose. We know we're going to be firm underdogs going into that game, but we can just uh, concentrate on ourselves and hopefully with a little bit of luck and all things go our way and hopefully the half of the ball will go our way. You never know. Anything is possible this weekend, but we'll just have to concentrate on ourselves, I suppose. I won't, I won't ask you for a prediction in that game. It wouldn't be very <laughs> no. fair. Uh, but the, the other three quarterfinals that are up for... Um, contesting over the next weekend um, how do you see them games going? Well I suppose first of all you're going to have St Bridget they're going to be playing against Pilltown that'll be at 11 o'clock in um, Ballycallan which is a home venue for St Bridget they had such a really good league campaign they they won their first two games you know I bet like two you know very high quality teams in Young Ireland and in Wine Gap um, and then Connie he beat them last weekend you know, I probably would imagine, I kind of alluded to this on the podcast, they could have been potentially resting players. Um, so, you know, this is a big, massive game for St. Bridget. And at the way they're going at the moment, you know, anything is possible for them. I do feel like, however, when it comes to, the, you know, the serious end of business, that Pilltown will just knuckle down. And, you know, I would be quite surprised if Pilltown were to come out victors there for that game. And in the next quarter final. Next quarter final then up you have uh, Dixborough who will be coming up against Liz Downey St. Lactons. So Dixborough finishing top of their group obviously got a buy into the quarter finals. Liz Downey St. Lactons, you know, they've had a very, very tough uh, uh, group stage. They played Thomastown, they played Pilltown, and then they beat um, Wine Gap last weekend. Um, I know the people of Fresher will probably be giving out to me now for this, but you would have to say that Dixborough should be coming out of that game. Um, with winners, winners of that, I think you know they're probably a team. I feel that could really push 
push hard against Thomastown this year in the championship and they just look like they're just so well structured so well balanced so I think it will be Dixford that will be coming out Victor's there anyway and in the final quarter final on you final quarter final then you've got Young Ireland against Clara I think this one could potentially be the game of the, the weekend um, I suppose I probably wrote Young Ireland off quite early at the start of the year but I really think they're after finding their form and they're, all their younger players are really stepping up to the mark there and I just think Clara came out of the block so strong and I feel like the draw against St. Martin could be a bit of a hindrance to them I think I think it's going to be very tight. Don't be surprised if this one goes to extra time, but I think Young Ireland might just slightly edge that one. Uh, very interesting. So you're calling it Dixbury, Young Ireland, Pilltown, and we'll say Tullerone to beat Thomastown. Yeah, yeah, absolute 100%. <laughs> and, and on the other news, Anya, in, in Camogie, they, the Soaring Stars were announced. I think it was this morning they were announced, was it? Yeah, this morning Soaring Stars were announced. Yeah, so we've got some great contenders in it for Kilkenny there. Um, you've Sinead Farrell from Freshford, who has been nominated for the goalkeeper position. You've Neve Lahey from Emeralds, and of course, Roisin Phelan Conaghy, who was our captain this year, has been um, nominated in the full back line. Sarah Crowley from Mooncoin and Leanne Fenley from Mullivash are nominated on the half back line. Kira Phelan from Dixborough is nominated at midfield. The Thomastown duo of Eva Hines and Sarah Walsh are nominated on the half forward line. And Kira O'Keefe from um, Young Ireland and Sophie O'Dwyer from James Stevens are nominated on the full forward line. So, in all, it's great to have so much representation for St. Kenny. It's a huge achievement for these girls. and you know, definitely they, they're all truly well-deserved and it's great to see so many of them getting the nomination. You know, usually before, I suppose, for people that might know, the soaring, the soaring stars are for the intermediate and the junior level, but they usually just announce a soaring star team. They don't generally give nominations for it. So it's actually great this year that they have decided to do a nomination. So that's kind of like letting everyone know that, you know, you are being considered for it. So it, it's kind of, you know, it's really starting to promote the game and it's, it's really giving girls um, high hopes there as well. So, great to see so many players involved. Um, absolutely delighted for Roisin Phelan. She's been such a good captain for the intermediates this year. She's been such an ambassador for Camogie. Absolutely delighted for, to see her um, nomination on full back line. And listen, Sarah Crowley and Sarah Walsh, they were just workhorses this year for the intermediates and you know it's great for them all but really delighted for those girls in particular yeah and it's 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 it's, it's a very hard like i i was surprised i didn't realize that until today that they they, they put the juniors and intermediates together for the soaring stars <laughs> um so like you, you are being picked out of two championships so you're up against double the amount of players that everybody else would go against i'm sure it's 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 a, it's a great accolade to be even nominated for any of these awards and hopefully a, a few of the girls might pick up the actual award as well yeah, it certainly is. Like, when you look at it, it's it's so competitive at intermediate and at junior level this year. You know, we, we see what Wexford done in the All-Ireland Final for, at junior level. And, you know, they have some nominations coming through there as well. And then you have, like, Armagh have a couple of nominations through after being runners up and that. So, yeah, in hindsight, it probably is a little bit more difficult to win a soaring star than it is nearly an all-star because you're, you're competing at two grades as opposed to just the one at the senior level. So, you know, you might have 30 girls up for nominations at senior level where you could have maybe 60 girls up for it because you're competing against two grades so it is it's great to see it's great to see so many Kilkenny girls getting recognised for the achievement that Kilkenny have done this year at intermediate level um, and it would be great if a couple of them came home you know I 
I suppose being runners up, you know, we might be lucky to maybe get three or four of them. But needless to say, whichever three or four of them get will be absolutely, they'll deserve it. And it'll be a huge achievement for them and for their families as well. And, you know, just a, just a really, really good day for Kilkenny to see all these girls nominated. And before I let you go on, when will be the next time we'll have your podcast dropping for us? Um, we'll be doing podcast tomorrow night, so it should be going. It should be going live tomorrow evening, so we'll be able to catch up on all of last weekend's games. I think we have a special guest coming in as well, so we'll have a chat with him too. And he's actually one of the sponsors of our um, Come On Kind All Star Team as well. So he's coming in for a little chat, David Roach from Roach Injury Clinic. So he'll be able to help with girls, give them some information about you know keeping themselves in good condition going into the remaining of the championship. And I suppose we'll be discussing the All-Star nominations as well. So loads to get through this weekend and probably some more predictions and probably some more people giving out that I got them wrong last weekend. But sure, it's all part of the parcel. But yeah, that will be dropping tomorrow evening at some stage. Brilliant. Well, best of luck with that. And of course, best of luck next weekend with Tullerone against uh, Thomastown. We'll be all rooting for you there quietly, on you. <laughs> no, bye. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks a million. That is, of course, Anya Fahey there, who will be on Come On Kainch uh, tomorrow night with Martin Quilty, which is, of course, Casey Law's podcast on everything Komogi. We're going to take a quick ad break right there. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. We're going to switch our attention to horse racing. Of course, we had racing today at Goran Park, and uh, I raced straight here from Goran, but I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Racing TV pundit Kevin O'Ryan. Kevin, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. Not at all, Eddie. I'm just on the way home, like yourself. I'm on the way home. You're going to have to do another a bit of work after Goran today. Good day's racing there, second last flat meeting of the season yeah no no great to get it out we'll have the last one tomorrow but we'll switch our attention more to uh, the weekend's activities and festivities at Ascot of course it was Champions Day Kevin and you know the Kilkenny hopes were all there pinned on, on, on Princess Zoe Tony Mullins' horse um, you know going over there the, the mare and unfortunately she, she ended up being pulled out she was a late withdrawal that day she was, that was a shame because obviously she's run a cracker in France she was to run at the long distance uh, Cup the Trushan won and uh, look, she didn't have too much ground to make up, of course, with Stradivarius and, of course, Trushan, the run in France. But it wasn't to be. It's just a minor injury, really. I'm nearly certain it was a foot injury. It's either a drop in the spot, which is just a bit of infection, really. And uh, the farrier lets it off. And basically, you, you put a poultice on it and it just draws out the infection uh, in her foot. Or else it was just an ovary. She might just cut the, the top of her coronary band just on top of the hoof and uh, it would just be a bit sore and get a little bit infected. But to be fair, Eddie, it's something very minor. Uh, we saw a picture of her on Twitter. Uh, Tony Mullins put it up on Twitter the other evening. You could see that uh, her foot was bandaged, and it's very minor indeed. A couple of days, and she'll be back sound as a bell again. Yeah, fingers crossed for Tony, obviously, and, and, and Princess Zoe. We'd love to see her winning another race. If there was something really far before the end of the season, they're kind of running out of them big pots now. You are. There might be a race for in France there in a couple of weeks' time over a staying trip. I think the Searcher's Song might be going there. Uh, the Jewel Irish Saint Ledger winner. I think it could be a two-mile race. Maybe that could be on the agenda. But as I say, I, I, I don't really know. There's obviously nothing left for in Ireland and England, of course. 
uh, for the rest of the season. I don't think there's anything left for her in England. And obviously, she's very ground dependent as well, so that would rule her out of going and say for the likes of the Breeders' Cup and things like that. There's no race suitable for her in the Breeders' Cup, but I do think there might be a race left or left for her in France, but. I don't know if that's the plan with her, Eddie. But as I say, it's only a small little injury and a couple of days. I, I'd actually wouldn't be surprised if she sound actually this evening now. No, very good. And fingers crossed that is the case. And, and hopefully we do get to see her again very soon. Uh, just on the track itself, right, True Sham was a very good winner for Alan King and Holly Doyle. Um, the, the other two races, because there was another incident I want to talk to you about it before I let you go, but the Champion Stakes is obviously the future race of Champions Day. It was won by a, a French horse. Uh, I think it's French anyway. Celia Way. Um, ridden by Miguel Barcelona um, bit of a shock there yes bit of a shock there but you'll always get you can often get those shock results at this time of year Eddie because as you know it's been a long hard campaign I didn't know much about the horse I won't tell you a lie before actually he won uh, the other afternoon but he ran out a good winner in the end and it's the time of the year that you'll you know the form book can be thrown on its head it can be thrown out the window a little bit because horses are coming to the end of what's a long season and they can be a little bit vulnerable at that time of the year as well, especially quite a few of the fillies as well because they start to go on their course and, you know, they just go off the boil a little bit and as we all know, horses are animals at the end of the day, they're not robots and machines and, you know, with change of weather and things like that and off the back of a long season, this is when you do see some strange results on the track this time of year but look, he looked a very good horse as I say, I don't know much about him but he looked quite good the other day and it's been two big shocks though over the last couple of weeks like the Arc de Triomphe winner as well was a bit of a surprise and I suppose when you go into kind of deeper ground and stuff they can throw up them kind of shock results really isn't it? Well that's it and the horse I was just reading an article in the Racing Post yesterday about the uh, trainer of the guy uh, I must admit I didn't, I'd never heard of the trainer I'd never heard of the horse I'd never heard of the jockey who won the Arc de Triomphe but uh, you know he was a smart horse he was a group one winner in, Fra- in Germany as well and those German bred horses are very very tough and very very uh, good staying individuals they love a good ease on the ground as well we've seen quite a few of them race in Ireland and England more so over jumps as well and uh, they produce some really good stallions there but you know it was a lot of strength and depth in the act Tarawa came to win it looked like she'd the race in the bag came in a well timed challenge but the German horse down the outside for me there was no fluke about it he was the best horse in the day and the, the the race of the day for me anyway Kevin the, the one I enjoyed most was uh, Bayid uh, Jim Crowley for Willie Haggis in, in the in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes um, pretty pretty impressive uh, to say the least uh, Frankie Frankie Tory on Palace Pier was having a right good look between his legs that's normally I'm in the box seat here I'm going to win this handy I always thought that when I see a jockey looking between his legs but Jim Crowley came up and, and put the race to bed quite easily yeah, John Gosden uh, just said in an interview afterwards in Sky Sports Racing and uh, he said that Frankie should have concentrated on riding his own horse and not uh, Bayeed because as you quite right said, he kept peeking over his uh, left shoulder all the way to see where Jim Crowley was but really good performance by, by Bayeed. He's uh, an improving horse and uh, it was great to see he winning in the colours of Shadwell. Great to see Shadwell having a treble on Champions Day as well. Obviously, the uh, very sad uh, demise and loss and passing, of course, of Sheikh Hamdan, uh, who was one, has been probably one of the most influential owners in uh, the history of flat racing, but an owner and breeder, big supporter at the sales as well. Obviously, they've got a big dispersal this year, but uh, Sheikh Ahissa, his daughter, is uh, very keen 
on uh, on continuing on his legacy. And uh, as I say, it was great to see the Shadwell colours, the most famous colours associated with flat racing, being carried by Baye to win and two others and completing a treble on Champions Day as well because we don't want to lose Shadwell and it would be a terrible shame as well if uh, if they do go. But Baye is a real exciting horse, beautifully trained by William Haggis, a master trainer. And I think there's more to come from him. Nearly certainly does stay in training next year and I think there's more improvement to come from him. He's been a slow burner but a rapidly improving individual. Yeah, and the other two winners, of course, on the day for, for Shadwell were creative force there for for uh, Buick and Charlie Appleby and in the Phillies, Eshida won uh, with Jim Crowley on board for Roger Varian. But just talking about jockeys riding other people's races and Frankie looking over his shoulder and the whole lot. Frankie DeTore had a couple of um, fairly sharp words for our own Irish... Uh, jockey Dylan Brown McMonigal uh, a jockey with 44 wins or 45 wins to his name this season in Ireland and somebody that's held in fairly high regard in the weigh room in Ireland as a, as a very good up and coming jockey but frankly Tory fairly went to the, the, the spine on him after the race uh, with, with True Shannon Stradivarius Oh, yeah, totally out of order, ready to be totally honest about it. I know exactly what happened, to be fair. I'm Frankie Dettori's biggest fan. He's one of the greatest jockeys we have ever, ever seen. Beyond the no illusion about that. Brilliant showman. Uh, just, like, he is flat racing, isn't he? And, uh, brilliant, and a brilliant guy to boot as well. And uh, But he was totally out of order. What happened was, to me, just going from an outsider looking in, I look after Dylan Brown, Mike Monigal, and I would commend Dylan Brown, Mike Monigal, because that's called race riding. And uh, Frankie the Tour, he's got into a bad position in Stradivarius, right? He, uh, he's pulled, he's out wide, he's trying to force his way back in. That's called race riding. And Slim Brown McMonigal was in the gap and he said, aye, aye, you're not going to take my position, I don't care who you are. He was race riding, he was riding his own horse, Baron Semity, and he's just nudged Frankie back out, throwing him out wide. Now that's called race riding. And that's why, to me, Dylan Brown McMonigal has come out of it with so much kudos because he wasn't uh, he wasn't frightened by obviously Frankie Dettori if you know what I mean he wasn't intimidated by Frankie Dettori he's our leading apprentice uh, will be crowned champion apprentice in Nace in two weeks time it was race riding but Frankie he's got into a bad position in Stradivarius he's got further back than where he's wanted to be he's thrown out in the limb he's racing wide he's pulled up now I don't think Stradivarius would have won he's not the horse he was right me, he was beaten fair and square on the day. But Frankie's pulled up, he's thrown the ties out of the pram, he knows he probably hasn't given him the best of rides, he's come back in, he's at the moment situation, easy pickings, Dylan Brown, McMonigan, young lad, he's an apprentice, boom. He's at the moment, we all say things that we regret, he's at the moment. I'd imagine if you spoke to Frankie Dettori today, he regrets what he says, and I'd say he'll have the utmost respect for Dylan Brown, McMonigan because he couldn't intimidate him and he couldn't get his own way. Frankie knew he was in the bad position, but Dylan Brown McMonigal was having none of it. And that's why he's champion apprentice here. And that's why he's riding for Joseph O'Brien as well. And uh, I just think he was totally out of order. Um, But that's racing. We all say things in the heat of the moment, in every walk of life that we regret afterwards and I'd imagine Frankie Dettori regrets saying that now Yeah well perhaps maybe Frankie should come out and apologise and, and, and then we can move on for it before I let you go I'd say we were very lucky I'd say I'd say Frankie's very lucky that Bellustown was two weeks ago and not this Thursday I think we're all lucky that uh, Bellustown was two weeks ago because <laughs> Frankie mightn't have uh, been in as good a form as he was two weeks ago but you know what fair play to Frankie he he really laid up Bellustown that day and for him to ride the winner for Johnny Murta as well 
they're great, they're great uh, friends. They were great rivals on the track. Uh, they're the best of friends. And they're two great show people as well. They're full of enthusiasm. They're great for the game as well. I was there that day, and I promise you, Eddie, it was great to see it. The first time in, what, over two years since all this COVID started as well, that there was a proper feel-good factor of the race course. The crowd was back. As soon as Frankie hit the the uh, front, the furlong and a half down, you want to hear the roar from the crowd. They went to Lally. And fair play to Frankie the Tory. He never said no to any... to any photograph, any autograph, any selfie, uh, he was brilliant, absolutely wonderful, and it was great to see, he's a great ambassador for the game, he let himself down the other day, but to be fair, everybody makes mistakes, we all say things we regret in the heat of the moment, look, I I, I must actually ask Dylan Brown McMonigal, I would imagine Frankie DeTorey's already apologised too, but look, draw a line on the, the greater scheme of things, is very minor, and... Uh, for me, it's all forgotten about. Take nothing away from Frankie, but I'll tell you one thing, Dylan Brown, he comes out with extra kudos because that's why he's champion apprentice. He wasn't being intimidated by the big boys. No, and I don't think a former Ulster boxing champion is going to get too intimidated by jockeys trying to push the way by him. Anyway, on that note, Kevin, thanks so many for taking my call. Uh, I look forward to I bet you Frankie just already didn't know he was also I'd, I'd say he might know it now Kevin I'd say he might know it now <laughs> Kev I, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow in Gorham Park thanks a million for taking the call anytime pleasure Ed as always good luck that is of course Kevin O'Ryan Racing TV pundit bringing us up to date with all the things from Champions Weekend and of course that incident with Frankie DeTorey um, Lamb based in our, our Dylan Brown McMonigal of course the, the jockey from up the north who's based in Joseph O'Brien's yard and as Kevin said Dylan has come out of that uh, scenario definitely the better and I'm sure Frankie does regret what he has said and, and I'm sure he's probably apologised to Dylan uh, privately on that note we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with Hurling after this Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. And we're going to switch our attention now to the Intermediate Hurling Championship. Quarterfinals were all played at the weekend, and our own main man, Eddie Doyle, attended almost all of them games. Eddie, thanks a million for taking the call. No problem at all, Ed, no problem. Eddie, I'm just going to run through the results and then you can take whatever game you want to start it off. The results from the weekend, Glenmore, two goals and 15 points. Danes, Fort, 13 points. O'Loughlin, Gales, two goals and 13 points. Thomastown, two goals and 24 points. Fenians, 120. St. Martins, two goals and 16 points. And Carrick Shock, one goal and 14 points. St. Lactons, 117. Where are we starting, Eddie? Uh, yes, I suppose, Ed, we'll start with the Fenians and St. Martins. Um, game um, and to be honest <laughs> that's the one of the, the one of the four I wasn't that but again um, I think Phoenix have been a surprise package this year I, I think anyone that says any different I think you know they're, they're, they're fooling you like you know really but um, yeah they're doing really well and put up a big score there against St. Martins I, I did hear like St. Martins that someone sent off and probably had a big a big uh, influence on the game as well yeah but 120 is a, a great score to be putting up and Fiennes now into a semi-final yeah, so well done to the Fiennes and a, a interesting uh, full forward with Fiennes oh yeah interesting uh, uh, JJ yeah, he's a, JJ's a, a class act um, had had the privilege of hurling with JJ a couple of times when, when we were very young I'm sure he doesn't remember but I remember um, yeah he was always a, always a class act so he was and he's still doing it at whatever age he is yeah. brilliant brilliant hurler and a brilliant fella as well Brian Cody watching these games and thinking I missed the trick here and not throwing up into the full forward line. <laughs> I think I think Brian Cody had enough of forwards back in the day that he's key to do what he does best. 
No, and then one of the games that you did attend at the weekend, I know, was the O'Loughlin Gales Thomastown game. You were impressed with Thomastown. I was Eddie. Yes, they were they were very good. You know, that one in Venice Bridge, there was a massive crowd there, and, and you know, obviously massive crowd from both sides. But again, walking in, and there was a, an awful lot of neutrals at the game. Um, you know, actually, everyone is keen to see how Thomastown are going, and you know, they're they're probably tipped. You know, to, to well, the word start here maybe to, with Henry over them to, to go really well again this year, and there's a bit of anticipation about what they're doing and all that. But yeah, they were very good. Yeah, two twenty four to two thirteen, and full value for the win. Started off really well, so they did in the game. And uh, for the first half, you know, after 20 minutes, actually, Eddie, their six forwards had all scored in the first 20 minutes. And at half time, their six forwards and their two midfielders had all scored from play. Um, like, they were just, first half, they were really, really good, you know. And, but in the second half, then, like, a lot of them did come back into the game and did have a right go at them, like, you know. And they were fortunate enough to got two goals in the second half, one of them from an OG, uh, the Thomastown wing back there. Um, uh, Barry Whelan sorry yeah Barry just kind of an unlucky deflection as the ball was played across the goal and in off the hurl as well and then they got a, a free then as well and um, Danny Lachman uh, Danny got a free from uh, must have been 20, I say 30 yards already um, and drilled it to the back of the net as well like, so they had a right goal in the second half but like, Thomasville you know defensively I think they have, they have a lot to improve on especially in the second half when they come under pressure well often they say high balls down on top of them and even you know, they started fooling, uh, fouling, sorry, um, needlessly, you know, um, and, and all of them did, like, you know, really. And, uh, but, like, going forward, they were just awesome. Like, you know, it looks like Robbie Donnelly was, was, was excellent, you know, Dylan Wall going forward was very, very good. You know, John Joe Farrell named at number 14 in the, on the programme, played at midfield, and he was, like, he was excellent throughout the game. He got a point in, in each half. And, and even, there's probably no coincidence when he went quite, Thomas Hammond went quite in the second half, but he was excellent throughout the whole thing. Tom, uh, Thomas Hammond and Tucker there, he got, he got seven points. He got three in the first half, he got four in the second half. Just, you know, really simple, come out with his own ball, turned onto his left, put it over the bar. But the admission fee alone, I'd, I'd pay double, I'd pay three times as many to go and see John Donnelly hurling, Eddie. He was just top drawer. Like, he, he got a goal and a couple of points. Won a couple of frees that they got that they got points directly from as well, but his hurling is just so so good. Uh, simple stuff that he does really really well, like you know, out in front, first twist ball into the hand. He, he caught a ball. I don't know as the years goes on, I'll tell you he's twenty foot high in the air, like you know, um, like it was just out of the cloud, out of the cloud. So it was. He was just phenomenal all day long. He was just brilliant. So he was. But um, yeah, look at a lot of things gave it a good old, a good old goal as well. And, and in fairness. Um, Jermaine Galloway in the in the Thomaston goal, he saved the penalty for Lachlan and deflected it out for a 65, and they put that over the bar. Lachlan did, and then um, Thomaston went down the other end of the field, and Dotty Barron uh, goal, so he did, and that made it. He was two thirteen to nine points at that stage. You know, so that was kind of a five point turnaround there. Um, he was actually very lively when he came on as well. But not, like Thomaston were just going forward, they were excellent. You know, unfortunately, it actually made her when a cornerback get a he got a shoulder injury there and had to come off so he did in the first half um, now he, he looked on the field it looked a little bit worse um, than when he came off when he came off he was a little bit moving a little bit better but I see he left the match early then I assume he went to get it checked out Eddie Donnelly then as well he um, he hurt a knee he had a collision I think it was actually with John Donnelly in the first half and he didn't seem right after it either and he came off and you could see when he came off then the field I was with him again looking at his knee as well so 
there are a couple of injuries for them that, that they don't need, and I'm sure Eddie will be all right. But Ned is probably a little bit, um, bit concerned about that one. But yeah, look, defensively, they gave away a few frees, but look, going forward, they were just awesome, like, you know. And then they're going to be facing Glenn Moore next, who beat Danesford on a scoreline of two fifteen to thirteen points. Uh, a blistering start from Glenn Moore. Yeah, really good start. Probably, you know, we're probably talking eight or ten minutes where they scored two goals. And apart from that, the game was actually I thought was even enough. And um, the movement out of Glenn Moore from forward line was was brilliant, um, really good. And then they had Owen Murphy sitting back at centre back. Excuse me, and he was just like. He was like no so cliche of the quarterback, you know. He really did play a really good ball into the, into the forwards. Mark Elward got a goal and Ian Bourne got a goal as well and they were lively. But Ger Elwood was very lively throughout the game as well. In fairness he was now. But um Ian Bourne at Cora Forward was exceptional all day long. Um now Paul Murphy was named at centre back for Dane's fourth and he started at midfield. But after a while you could see he sat back in kind of protecting the full back line and you know, the ball was still going in and the more forward was still winning the ball, but, you know, they had an extra man to beat them maybe to get to the goal and, that, and that's where it was. But the ball going in from, from Owen Murphy was, was first class. But like I said, Paul Murphy sitting back there from the field, he sat back, he did protect him, you know. So, then more definitely, yeah, were, were full value for money there, yeah. And then the last game from the quarterfinals then was Carrick Shock against St. Lockton's. Um, I thought Carrick Shock, I actually kind of thought Carrick Shock could win that game, but St. Lockton's came out of three-point winners in that. Yeah, they started... Probably the slower of, of the two teams, um, you know, that they're freeze, they were kind of driving a few wides and, you know, but Liam Hickey, Liam Hickey got on top of that, so he didn't put the ball over the bar. And, you know, defensively too, like, they probably struggled a little bit as well. Um, the likes of Owen O'Neill there from Carrickshock was very good. Um, he kind of, he was wing forward and within into the full forward line as well. And when he ran at them, he did, he definitely caused them problems. You know, Jake DeWare got the goal as well and, you know they were they were good and they had you know stalwarts in the club. Jamie Power was playing, Mikey Rice was playing as well. And you know and actually for 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 or for Freshford there, said Lacton, James Marsh started actually ex- extremely lively in the game. But Carrick Shackleton put our man marker John Cal. He's you know he's a solid solid club defender and they put him on him. And it kind of quite him like James Marsh did a few good things after that, but he didn't you know he didn't have the impact that he had in the first couple of minutes. John Cal has to be you know I, I think he did a really good job on him you know. Um, and and again I think you know. The game was level enough at times, um, you know, but then Freshford, uh, St. Lackens did run out three-point winners, but it was close. It was a close game to hold out. No, it definitely was. I have 30 seconds left with you. I would say the draw obviously was made yesterday after the game. I'm sure Fenians and St. Lacton's both got who they wanted uh, and, and Glenmore and Thomastown both got who they didn't want. But I will ask you to call it there now. You've got Glenmore and obviously Thomastown are favourites for the championship but Glenmore will be a close second favourite. That's the first game. Glenmore, Thomastown, what way would you call that? I'll go Thomastown just based really on their, on, on their forwards and, and they have to improve their defence uh, but their forwards yeah I'll go with Thomastown And Fenians against St. Lactans? Fenians and St. Lactans I have to sit on the fence I haven't seen Fenians this year so I, I can't call it No Eddie as always an honest and fair as you can be thanks a million for taking my call I look forward to seeing you during the week and enjoy your evening I will do. Thanks very much, Ed. That's brilliant. That is, of course, Eddie Doyle, who's our usual contributor with Intermediate Hurling Scores for us this week. We're going to take a quick ad break, and when I come back, Robbie Dowling's going to be talking to us about the senior relegation semi-finals that were played over the weekend. Full-time on KCL or so thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. Lahards, Volkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back 
to full time on KCLR. Just to give you three results from the Carlo Senior Football Championships Mount Leinster Rangers 111, O'Loughlin 12 points, Bagnallstown Gales 3 goals and 14 points, Ballinabrana 211, and Aero O 2 goals and 17 points, Tin Ryland 7 points. There were the three games from this weekend's Senior Football Championship in Carlo. Now we switch our attention to the relegation semi finals that were played over the weekend, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by our uh, normal presenter on scoreline. Actually, I would say he stood in for Shane at the weekend done a sterling job on it as well Robbie thanks a million for taking the call thanks thanks Eddie thanks for the great introduction there. no bother and it seems to have got you really riled up as well I can hear it in your voice that you're just all excited about this chat <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm very excited Eddie. thanks thanks, th- thanks Robbie I, I was delighted to be calling you too anyway senior relegation first up Greg Bally Callan three goals and 16 points Aaron's own one goal and 18 points Eugene Clunan finally got them over the line yeah, good victory for Bally Pan. I think, um, obviously, the two sides met in the league a little earlier on. And uh, it was a draw that day at UPMC Nolan Park. Not the best quality game. I think uh, this weekend's game wasn't too high quality either. A lot of tentative, uh, tentative affairs, I suppose, really, between two teams that knew what was on the line. But Bally Pan go over the line. That's what relegation ties are all about, whether it be a semi-final or a final. 3.15 to 1.18. I think um, deserving victors by all accounts. Obviously, it wasn't at the match. I was presenting scoring like you were... Uh, like you said earlier, but um, it was just a good victory for Ballycan. I think a key moment in the game, it kind of levelled nip and took throughout. About eight minutes ago, Jesse Roberts got a goal, pulled Ballycan ahead by a goal, and I don't think Comer had the time or probably the forward line, the firepower in the forward to get back into the game uh, from there. So that was the key, key moment in that one, because I don't think you could separate either side throughout that. Um, I'd say for about 50 minutes, the last 10 minutes, Ballycan pulled away with that Jesse Roberts goal. Um, and deserved victors, I think, for Comer. It's worrying, but I think they'll, they'll fancy their chances against in the league, our own league, in the relegation final. But I do think it is worrying the form they're coming into since that body can uh, draw in the league. You know, they obviously had preceded that with a defeat to Dixborough and then they've lost their next three games. So, worrying for them, but I do think they'll just slightly um, fancy their chances against our league in the final. Yeah, and that brings us on nicely to the other semi-finals from the weekend. Liz Downey, three goals and 18 points. Roar in a Stieg, 115. Liz Downey have been fierce on lucky in this year's championship. You know, they've one-point games the whole way through. So they've, they finally clicked in their favour this weekend. Yeah, I think they're definitely one sort out for next year. Uh, Eddie Willett, to Brendan was talking to Matt Power um, after the game on Saturday against Roar in and he said their aim was the semi-final. And a lot of people who think newly promoted team would be happy to stay up. But they wanted to go uh, very far in this championship and they probably felt like they left it behind them. Could have defeated Dixford in the first round of the championship, lost out by a single point, like you mentioned. I think that's just a lack of experience from the Downey's point of view. I was at the game with Tullerone. They were by far the better team. Ended up with a draw. Similar enough against Spanish Bridge, I think they were very strong. Unlucky to come away with defeat. And um, like I said, I think the Downey next year, definitely seems to watch from Rowan Steve's point of view. I mean, it's bleak looking. If I'm being honest with you, Eddie, I don't like to write off any team. And I think you never know in a relegation final, it's a one-off game, anything can happen. They're, they're, they're strange affairs, relegation finals. Kind of the team you think that are showing to get relegated can raise their level and the favourites might drop. But I think 313 to 8 points at half-time at the weekend for Rowan Street, just looking at the results. I mean, it was encouraging against Tullerone and Ben Street. They were in the game, 3 and 4 points to beat there. But since then, 320-21 against the Rockins. And like you mentioned, um, a 318 to 115 defeat at the weekend so I do think they're, they're heavy heavy favourites for most punters I think to go down um, unfortunately for them Yeah and then that Aaron's own Rover D game will be in two weeks time the, the only thing I would say Robbie about a relegation final is both teams are going in there 
in bad form. You're not in a relegation final because you're playing yeah. well. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that is a fair point, but I do think, just looking at Roland's speed results here in front of me, I mean, they are worrying. It's the nature of the defeat more so than, obviously, um, Aaron Dolan as well will be coming off the back of some defeats, but, you know, they were in the game against Ballytown, the 4-11-2-22, they were kind of in the game against Tullerone uh, in that first round championship game. Yeah, they've come up short in all their games, and they will be a bit worried by that, of course they will, but they, they haven't really got hammered by anything, if you know what I mean, seven points was their heaviest defeat in the Open League game against Dixborough. And while their form has not been great, that's the reason that they are in the relegation final. When you compare it to Rowan Steve, I mean, it is bleak looking, like I said, for them. I just think it is the nature of the defeat. You know, they were 14 points down at half-time in the relegation semi-final. Everything's on the line. You think, this is a victory here. We're not in that doomsday scenario of a relegation final. And they just did not turn up at the weekend at all against his downy. That would worry me because I think usually, you know, you look at Comer, obviously, I think they gave it to Ron, just came up short against Barry Cannon. You look at Roman Steele, I don't like to question work ethic or that, but are they really that far off the pace that the game was over at half-time against Liz Downey? I don't know. I think they just haven't hit form at all in the championship. I think we're looking at the two bottom sides in the league. I think both sides can't have any complaints for ending up in a relegation final. But I do think, look, anything can happen. Strange things do happen in relegation finals, but... I think Aaron's one of the heavy favourites going into this one to maintain their senior status for 2022. No, that's perfect, Robbie. And I think most pundits would agree with you there. So we look forward to that in a couple of weeks' time. Robbie, thanks a million as always for taking the call. At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056-7704-700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.